Okay, five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Well, first, we're going to talk authenticity today. So uh, this is a this is a soccer player. You're not going to probably recognize him, Jack Wilshire. Um, but he's a really good soccer player, and he's uh, been laid off. And so he's his 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 manager is talking with a, an ad agency, and they're saying that he needs more more uh, social media strategy. Turns out that the guy actually does a lot of social media. So this is kind of uh, this is kind of the opposite of the truth. But uh, it's it's you know the agency is trying to get authenticity out of the guy, and he's already about as authentic as it gets. So. A new a new club. You're not sure it works like that. Club. Yeah, you're not sure, are you, Jack? You've been out of the game too long. It's been like six months. That's three Watford managers. The game's moved on. Has it? You're not even on TikTok. I've been keeping fit. I don't need to be. Ben Foster's 38, and he's got a club. Do you know why? Because he straps a GoPro to his head every time he takes a pre-game dump. That's not why. Right. What would you do if you missed a penalty? Try and score the next one. This is going to take a little bit longer than we thought. What have you got for us? I just went with a real-world example. That's good. Yeah, cool. Uh, what have you got? Sorry I forgot to put the bins out this week. Wasn't good enough and not what the house deserves. OK, a uh, bit short. Bruno Fernandes would have written at least 15 paragraphs. We go again next week. Remember Michael Owen's dossier? No. Well, it got him a move to Man United, so we're doing you a digital version. <laughs> so, so. Right, we'll say you've done a thousand already, yes? Yeah? So start counting. We'll say you did a thousand. Right now, keep it dead hard. Start counting. I have two million followers on Instagram. My brand values include. Crisp, clean, and hungry. Now eat the sandwich. Oh, shows your hunger. Shows your hunger. Like you mean it. Just finished training with a bunch of ledge bags. Now getting some Brico into me. Cool. Okay, now say something about ketchup. I'm doing this. We're getting some doing this. stuff. We're really not. <laughs> oh, need something. Okay, how about this? Jack Wilshire, fit, ready, and available for offers. Not Tottenham. And what's funny about that for me is that Tot Tottenham is my favorite tr club, the Hotspurs with Harry Kane. So he really poked me in the eye that time. So anyway, this is all about authenticity and social media. I hope you enjoyed that a little bit. Okay, and uh, now I can bring up, um, I think I brought up Ritson. No, I didn't. I, I made a, a PDF of him, so now I can bring him up. Okay, so just to show you, this is the... Uh, this is the BS detector that Ritson was talking about the other day, uh, where packaging info, promo offers, and then he goes down into attempts to be authentic. Uh, it's really, really the hardest thing to do, you know. And people say to me, "You, you sound authentic." Well, it's because I only, I just talk about what I think, and you know, it is what I think. And so there you go. Uh, but the harder you try, if you if if you try to be if you try to do authentic as a thing, it's inauthentic, and that is why marketing struggles with it so much. Okay, so here comes an article. I'm just this is just news, and so I wanted to, to cover it. Comscore adds voter behavior data to digital media targeting, <clears throat> and apparently L2 does. Uh, does uh, licenses explicit voter data? The deal licenses explicit data data from L2, which is drawn from state or county boards of election, includes name, address, voting history, and the voters uh, 
and the voters they've registered. I don't know. Apparently, that's the the county board registered, not L2, which is what I thought. But um, they they say the modeling goes beyond party affiliation to capture behaviors and opinions such as canceling student debt, climate change, COVID vaccine, as well as behaviors such as church attendance, charitable giving, and voting in person or or ballot. In person or mail-in ballot, I'm guessing it, it was edited. Um, <clears throat> so I always scratch my head and think, well... How is my historical picture going to – what would I look like if I pulled myself up on that thing? That's what I, I – I actually have access to some things, not this one. Um, and I think, well, I voted for both parties on occasion, not – mostly one. Uh, I've almost never missed voting, so I'm in there, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, when I get calls now, it doesn't matter. I just say – until I believe the elections are real, I don't know what I'll do. So good luck with that, ComScore. I mean, you can target me all day long, and I'll I'll have a talk with you when you call. Anyway, now we're going to get over to Carolyn Jerome from Brand United, uh, and she's got a long, long article, seven, eight minutes, not as long as this show, Designing for Brand Authenticity. So I was really interested in this. I've been wanting to cover it for a couple of days now. 92% of marketers feel confident that customers find their brand content authentic. But 51% of consumers think that less than half their brands are are actually creating authentic content. Okay. I'm not exactly sure what those numbers mean. Um, I did go over to the study. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Carolyn starts off with Citation 1 and Citation 2 saying multiple studies, they're both the same study. And later on, she references again <clears throat> at the bottom of the article, the same one study, which was, 100, was 1,500 people across the world from the UK, US, and Australia. So it's not the, huge, the most huge study, but um, – and some marketers. Okay, only about 150 marketers, I think. Marketers often favor metrics. She makes all these claims. This is a hard thing for me. Marketers often favor metrics-driven strategies over integrated end-to-end customer experiences built to sustain, sustain true customer loyalty. That isn't in that study. I, I, I went and got it. Um, you know, it's a little bit of the short-term versus the long-term. But anyway, let's go on. Uh Building strong, authentic, time-tested brands sometimes means investing in design and user experience. You know, I, I don't know if you know, but the, the, the Nike swoosh, you know that? The iconic Nike swoosh? A little shoo, uh, they put on the tennis shoe. What do you think they invested for that? I think it was 50 bucks. They paid 50 bucks for it. You know, it seems to me the Colonel Sanders logo with Colonel Sanders on it, that was 25 and maybe a lifetime supply of chicken. But I mean it wasn't a lot. <clears throat> it's almost more about the commitment to the to the to, to commitment to whatever it was that it was. <laughs> and don't go changing it all the time. Although Ritson talks about, you know, when you've had it for 150 years, you might want to play with it a little bit. Um it's a really difficult article. I wanted to like it. I really tried. Um brands can no longer afford to break character. Well, it depends on how long the character's been, you know, um Carolyn, you really should read Mark Ritson all the time. Uh, you'll get a lot of information. Um, 
she does she she mentions two examples one is red wing shoes and red wing shoes um since 1905 the brand and product have been top priorities for the company it's been able to retain its brand loyal audience by integrating these values of product design well they make a good shoe i mean there's actually a red wing shoe store in our neighborhood or in our vicinity and Red Wing, Minnesota isn't far from here. I've been through there and seen the Red Wing shoe plant. Um, the biggest thing they do is they stand behind their product. They make a good product. And when your shoes fall apart, they'll give you new shoes. So my son, who's a welder, he, you know, we got him some really nice, uh, you know, Walmart, best Walmart hat, I guess, or, or maybe it was Fleet Farm, who has good shoes, good steel-toed shoes for the factory. But within a year or so, or maybe not even, uh, they pretty much fell apart. So after that, he went to Red Wing, and they did a really good job of fitting him and getting something comfortable and all of that. And uh, they told him, you know, if you ever have a problem with these, just bring them back. And that's what builds the brand. The Red Wing shoe logo is kind of clunky. It doesn't, you know, it's not, but it's not because of the logo. It's because of what they do. I mean, Land's End, it's kind of funny. Land's End is spelled wrong if you look at it. It's L-A-N-D-S apostrophe E-N-D, right? I don't know if I have a Land's End laying here. I know there's one on the dryer at my house. They don't mail me here. I should bring them in. But anyway, I did bring the 50% one in for a while. Um, 50% off. That might be it over there. That's it. No, that's $50 off. I like that better. I don't have a I don't have a systematic way of keeping track of this stuff. But this is the authentic part. I don't care about looking kind of foolish if I walk away from the camera looking for something. You can't do it too long. People stop watching. Okay, the other example, uh, but I but uh, Land's End, you know, their first sign came out that way and they stuck with it. Walmart, um, <laughs> Sam Walton wanted Walton Mart. He did. Why not? Walton Mart versus Walmart? Well, but Walton Mart had three more letters in it, and he decided to save the money on the sign. And that's how Walmart got its name. And they stuck with it. Okay? You know, does it make any sense? I don't know. IBM, she mentions, I, I found out where she got the story from. Uh, which is one of the other articles I'll post it up in the show notes. Every day we post the show notes at WDMA.org. You can subscribe free. Uh, but if you want alerts, you really want to get over to uh, YouTube because YouTube, you can still get alerts. LinkedIn has been playing with the uh, alerts and the notifications. I don't even get notifications that I'm on uh, that I'm on LinkedIn, which is like crazy. I don't know. But anyway, go to go to YouTube if you want to if you want to be on with me live, which you can do. A lot of people, I have lots of comments here. Okay, so she talks about IBM being a great company for many many years, and doesn't even mention, you know, on their TV commercials they had the blue bars, that sort of cerulean blue, kind of close to that, um, you know. But it's a little darker than that. Uh, I'm into Pantone, but anyway, IBM has their IBM blue, and um, you could always tell, no matter what they were talking about, that it was IBM. I mean, there's one example. No examples in this incredibly long article about design. So then there's a couple of people. Develop a strong color story and stick to it. And, of course, Ritson had a great example about about the uh, the beer that 
I'm trying to think of the name of the beer, but it's something from Liverpool, and they they changed to the colors of Liverpool, who beat Tottenham in the Premier League finals two years ago, I think it was. Anyway, uh, so carefully choose the fonts. You know, there's a lot to choosing a font, and in fact, what we always did when we were doing logos is we tried to manipulate a readable font. You know, there's no there's no talk about readability. Uh, she does mention that it should show up good on a computer, but uh, there's more to readability than how it looks on a computer. And it, sometimes you can manually adjust the kerning and stuff and create a logo with a standard typeface. And it's easier than to trademark it um, because it is actually unique. So put a little work into it. Um, don't coerce the, the customer. She references dark patterns, which I did talk about when it came out. Um, but I don't know how coercion fits with design. Uh, sweat the details. That's a little bit like what I'm talking about in the logo. So there's a lot you can do and a lot that people will never notice. And sometimes the worst names, think Haagen-Dazs. That was just a made-up name that sounded Dutch. They thought that sounded like a good name for an ice cream, right? I named a company Norscott. And it sounded sort of outdoor. We had a clothing line. I thought Norm Scott was a great name, but it was really named because Norm and Scott Stern, father and son, owned the company. <laughs> I gave Norm like 20 names, and he said, Norm Scott, I like that. And it's now Norm Scott to this day. So, uh, you know, do a little bit of work. That one's got a good logo, Norm Scott does. Um, and then one of the articles that Carolyn noted was the uh was was from her own company so that's a good way to verify your opinion but not necessarily credible so when you start your article with multiple studies validate is that authentic hard to say anyway like and share that's enough for today your friends will know you're smart get over to wdma and subscribe you'll get all the show notes this is a long article and i'm going to include the multiple studies which are two articles that basically are citing each other. Um, have a great day. Bye-bye.